Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of the Steel Curtain Network, part of Fans First Sports Network. And I tell you what, this is a big show. This is an exciting show. You know, I had a show on Monday, which I was really excited to share with everyone, the Monday Morning Conversation. Joey Christopoulos was on. It was a great, great interview. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Had a lot of people that said that they really enjoyed it. But still, I knew that this Wednesday podcast was going to be a big one. Why? Monday started free agency. Now, not technically, 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 the National Football League has given these two days to A for agents and organizations to hash out deals, none of which are official yet. Let me get that out of the way right away. None of these deals that I'm going to talk about today that have been made are official. Nothing will become official until Wednesday, today, when you hear this at 4 p.m. New York time. That's when these deals can become official. And even then, it doesn't necessarily have to happen just at that time. I think back to last season. I remember I was kind of freaking out. The Steelers had reportedly signed Akella Witherspoon to a two-year deal. Everyone else had gotten into Pittsburgh, signed the paperwork, all that stuff. He hadn't done it. Everyone's wondering, what's taking so long? These deals can fall apart. Look at what happened with Larry Ogunjobi last year going to Chicago. Signed a three-year deal, monster deal for him, and... Fails is physical. Stuff like that happens. How can we forget Tyson Alawalu? He's going to Jacksonville. Can't get down there due to COVID protocols. And he gets talked into staying. Stuff happens. So I do want to make sure that's very clear that none of these are official. We are going to talk about all these moves that have been made. And it's Wednesday. You know what's going to happen in the second half of the podcast, right? It's what happens every Wednesday in the second half of the podcast. That is the mailbag segment. What I wanted to talk about today, and this has kind of changed a little bit. You know, when I got home from work on Tuesday, I start putting my notes together. I start getting my thoughts together, thinking about a title, thinking about an angle. What am I going to talk about? And a lot of this sort of changed because day one of the legal tampering period, I feel like 2022 set this Steelers fan base up for a precedent that it cannot be expected every year. I mean, think back to last year. I mean, they signed Mitch Trubisky like the first few hours. Uh, they signed Mason Cole and James Daniels like shortly after. Levi Wallace was at it. All these moves like bang, 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 bang. It was crazy how fast the Steelers were making moves. And so I think a lot of people were thinking the same thing. They were thinking they were going to, they, the Steelers, were going to be doing a lot of this in a similar fashion. But in reality, the Steelers, they didn't really have the ability to do that. And so a lot of Steeler fans were kind of ticked off. A lot of Steeler fans, uh, like my boy Michael Beck, who used to be a part of the Behind the Steel Curtain website and podcast network, he was just, oh my gosh, do something, Steelers. Like, do something. This is not abnormal for the Steelers. And we'll talk about that. But what I wanted to remind everyone, I wanted to remind the fan base, Steeler fans, listen up. This team is just getting started with free agency. And what's really comical to me is that as I wrote that down and I'm writing in my notebook, all of a sudden these moves start being made. So, yes, they signed Patrick Peterson on day one. 
fans weren't happy enough. That wasn't enough. They need to make more moves. Well, don't worry. They made more moves on day two. And to be honest with you, they could make more moves since you're listening to this podcast. They've made moves in the middle of the night. They've made moves early in the morning. There's a chance that when you listen to this, you're like, wow, Jeff, like they signed someone else after this. Hey, we're trying to do the best we can to keep you up to date with the news. That's why we have breaking news podcasts. Make sure you check those out on the Steel Curtain Network. So let's go back and let's talk about this from a realistic standpoint so that you, the fan, understands what's really happening with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So like I said, this isn't 2022. Because remember, they had a lot of salary cap space last season, and they were able to go out and be big-time players early in free agency. Well, they don't have, they didn't have all of that cap space, just over $10 million heading into free agency. Signed Patrick Peterson to a two-year deal. That They lose some of that money, obviously. They make three more signings on day two. That money's going to evaporate real quick. So the Steelers are likely not done making moves when it comes to the construction of the roster. But I do want to talk about how in 2022, the Steelers, they kind of got to pick who they wanted to keep. They didn't really lose a lot of players that most of us were like, man, I can't believe they couldn't sign that guy back. This year, I think Cam Sutton leaving, signing a deal with the Detroit Lions on day one of free agency, a lot of fans were kind of bummed. They were kind of like, that's the one you didn't want to let get away. I don't necessarily know if I was in that camp. If they kept Cam Sutton, I would have been happy. If they chose to let him go, which they clearly did, or they chose not to match the deal, I wasn't going to be that upset. And I'm not that upset. I really am not. Cam Sutton was great. Versatile piece. His, he's improved tremendously. If the Steelers and the Mike Tomlin era want to hang their hat on a player, a cornerback, who has actually panned out, it's Cam Sutton. Other than that, I mean, you could run through like the, the names of, of cornerbacks that have not panned out. That's a lengthy list. But Cam Sutton goes to Detroit. He gets a lot of guaranteed money. The Steelers probably weren't interested. So they bring in Patrick Peterson. And everyone's thinking, oh, my gosh, this guy's it. He's over 30. Uh, yeah, he's talk about a decorated veteran. I mean, the Pro Bowl's all pro. I mean, he's done it all. Hasn't won a Super Bowl, but he's done it all. And a lot of people, it just wasn't enough. So I'm thinking to myself, here we go into day two. This is typically when the Steelers start to be more active, and they were more active. First move, they sign Nate Herbig. Now, Nate Herbig is is a player who's pretty interesting. He has some connections to Pittsburgh with Andy Weedle. Uh, Andy Weedle, who is the assistant general manager, he was the guy who brought him in as an undrafted free agent in Philly. He ends up leaving Philadelphia and going to New York last season. And the Steelers, they bring him in, Nate Herbig, on a two-year deal worth $8 million, $4 million guaranteed. That's what the sources say. That's according to Mike Garofalo of the NFL Network. You know, Andy Weedle, Philly connection, that's there. Now, the next addition was DeMonte KZ. That's right, the safety, DeMonte KZ. Uh, it's being reported that he was signed to a two-year contract. This is interesting. This is interesting. Casey's 29 years old. Last season, in limited time, remember he broke his forearm. Okay, broke his forearm, was also suspended during that time. Comes back after the bye week, has two interceptions and 20 tackles. 
He was he, he he I thought he had a great second half of the season. Looked real fresh. Looked like he fit the scheme and the role really really well. So they make those two moves. You're like, man, this is pretty good. Like this is pretty good. I like the guard compete with Kevin Dotson. I think we can say that the ship has sailed on Kendrick Green. Nonetheless, they bring in some competition, some depth. I like it. I like that move. I really like getting DeMonte KZ back. If they had to pick and choose which one they were going to keep, Trell Edmonds, DeMonte KZ, if they can't keep them both, I think the Steelers made their priority known with this signing. Not that they won't bring back Terrell Edmonds. We all saw what happened last year. The dude sat around, he waited, he waited, he waited. Finally, nearing the NFL draft, he signs a deal with the Steelers for a one-year contract. So I love that move. And then you're thinking, okay, what else could happen, right? Well, what else could happen is the Steelers bring back Larry Ogunjobi. According to Adam Schefter of ESPN, it's a three-year, $28.75 million deal that will pay him $21.75 million in his first two seasons. Now, if you're like me, and I am not a math guy, anyone that listens to my podcast knows I am not a math guy. I'm looking at these numbers like $21.75 million, first two years guaranteed money, three-year contract. I'm looking at DeMonte KZ, two-year deal. We don't know the final details of that contract yet. I'm looking at the $4 million guaranteed to Herbig and thinking, how in the heck are they doing this? After day one, they only had about $6 million in cap space. This is where Omar Khan earns his money. This is what I was talking about last week when I said, we need to understand and we need to keep an open mind about all of the stuff that was going on. Everyone's thinking it's going to be status quo with Omar Khan. It's not necessarily. Things might be different. We got to see how this is structured. You can expect a salary cap update from Dave Schofield. If we can get these numbers, we'll have it on the website. I'm sure he'll mention it on the Steelers Stat Geek podcast on Thursday. But again, you have to think back to last season. Think back to 2022, and you were there were a lot of moves made after day one and day two. Miles Jack is an example of a move that was made. I, I just mentioned DeMonte KZ. He was a move that was made late. Terrell Edmonds was a move that was made late. They were still making moves and making additions. Larry Ogunjobi is another example of a player that was added late. The thing that you need to remember is that the Steelers are slowly, maybe not at the pace the fan base would like, but it doesn't matter what the fans think. It really doesn't. The fans want them to go out and get all their players right away, blah, 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 good, done. It just doesn't work that way, folks. And so what you have to understand is they're slowly checking these boxes one at a time. Check that box, check that box, check that box. So, so far, yeah, they lose a cornerback, but they sign a cornerback. They needed to address safety. They get a safety. The defensive front without Larry O would not be very good, so they bring Larry O back. Check that off. These The guard, you got to bring in some offensive line depth, some reinforcements there. You check that box. They're doing it. They're doing it their way, slow but steady. Slow but steady. The one thing is that you have to understand is that this team was never going to go out and get those big-name free agents. I think Steeler fans would love it, but when you think about the logistics of it, you wouldn't love the ramifications of those monster deals. Think about the deal with Tremaine Edmonds going to Chicago. Huge contract. Huge. I'm sorry. I love the guy. He would be a great addition, but I'm not paying him that much money. Not when you have K. 
Kenny Pickett on a rookie contract. This is your window. You got to fill out that roster. You got to make smart financial moves. But you know what's interesting? I just want to throw this out here before we take a break. When you talk about the comparisons of the way things are run, when you talk about how with Omar Khan at the helm, like how are things going to be different? I also am very curious of how things can also are also going to be the same. Let me explain. So if Kevin Colbert, when he was there for 22 years, if he was one, if he was, you know, hey, we're going to wait, let these people go out and blow all their money early, and then we'll start making our moves. If that was his approach, everyone just assumed that was Kevin Colbert's approach. So then you see Omar Khan, he has a similar approach, which makes me wonder, was this a Kevin Colbert thing? Is this a Steelers thing? Is it a Mike Tomlin thing? Or is this an Art Rooney the second thing? Is this the owner saying, okay, we're not going to be, we're not spending that much money. We can not necessarily nitpick the, the bargain bin, but we cannot be those teams that go out with the knee-jerk picks. I mean, the Chicago Bears, I felt like on Monday, my phone was buzzing with ESPN alerts that were just going crazy with, oh my gosh, look at this signing, look at this signing, look at this signing, and all of them seemed to be the Chicago Bears, for crying out loud. Just funny that I had a Bears podcaster on the show on Monday. So there's been a lot of news in that regard. The Steelers have never been that team, and it makes you wonder if it's an organizational thing and it's not a GM thing. Something to think about, something to ponder. I'll tell you what I'm going to ponder in the second half here is the mailbag but I just have to reiterate the title of this show, and that is, folks, the Steelers, they're just getting started. They're just getting started. If you think that this is a foregone conclusion, that this is the roster up until the draft, think again. They're just getting started. And I'm going to be getting started in the mailbag right after this break. Stay tuned. Wednesday, let's ride. You know what that means. It is time for the mailbag segment. I put out a tweet. It was actually late. It was actually later than I wanted to. But you know the ride or die crew. Come on now. Y'all never disappoint. So let's get this show on the road. Someone we haven't heard from in a long time. Haskins QB1 said, Hey, Jeff, long time since I asked a question. I never miss an episode. But my question is, should Omar be his own man as far as being a GM and not do as Kevin Colbert did? Let me answer that one first before I go on to the next one. So for me, I think that Omar is going to do it his own way. But like I said at the very end of that last segment, he is going to have to still do it with Mike Tomlin at the helm and with Art Rooney II being the team president. So while he might want to do everything his way, that might actually not be an option for him at this juncture. So there are still some things I'm sure he will be able to do that Kevin Colbert didn't or didn't want to do. But ultimately, he still has to answer to some other people. Second question, what's more likely to happen? The Steelers bring back Devin Bush or pay slash trade for a linebacker? All right, good question. I don't think a Devin Bush reunion is in the cards. I just feel like that bridge has been burned unless it's one of those Terrell Edmonds type deals from last year where it's a very cheap deal, not going to count much against the salary cap. 
And Devin Bush is going to test every free agent water possible before he comes back. But I think it's a, it's a, it's a higher likelihood that if they sign someone, it's, it's Robert Spillane. I hate to say it, but it's true. Mike Smith said, if you had one movie playing on a loop in your house, what would be your first choice for that movie? And what would be your last choice? My first choice for the movie that's playing on a loop would probably be, it's got to be a sports movie, most likely. Uh, right now, because with the spring, and, and I've, I don't know what it is about me. Maybe it's just I'm getting older. I don't know. I've really just fallen in love with the sport of golf more so than I ever have before. Let's just say I'll probably have Tin Cup on. Uh, Give me Tin Cup or Caddyshack, and I'll loop those two things out all the time. Uh, For my last choice, so you're talking about a bad movie? I wouldn't want that movie. Give me a – I've never been a fan of Black Sheep. As much as I love Tommy Boy, I didn't like Black Sheep. So there you go. King Tibbs asked a couple questions. Tremaine was just a pipe dream anyways, talking about Tremaine Edmonds. But with his immediate signing in the talks of the Steelers re-signing KZ, does that pretty much mean Terrell is gone? I don't think it means the door is closed on Terrell Edmonds returning. I really don't. Terrell Edmonds might be saying, hey, you know, what are your plans for me? How much money? All this stuff. He might want to see if there's anything else out there. I wouldn't be shocked if the Cincinnati Bengals are calling Terrell Edmonds If Mike Hilton's not hitting him up saying, dude, come over here, they just lost both of their safeties. They went, uh, obviously, that they just lost Jesse Bates and Von Bell. They might be looking at him, and so the Steelers might have some competition. Keep that in mind. King Tibbs also has, hey, Jeff, got another question. I'm sure you'll be doing an episode on it eventually. What's your thoughts on the free free agent as a whole on the first day? So I think you mean, what did I think about the day one signings? I Look, Again, the Steelers might not have wanted to sign Cameron Sutton. I'm going to reference you to Jeffrey Benedict's podcast on Tuesday morning, the Cutting Room Floor podcast. Why? He dives into why losing Cameron Sutton wasn't that big of a deal. It's crazy to think, but true. Michael Bell asks, does the Steelers bringing in an offensive guard mean Dotson's going to probably be relegated to being a backup? I don't think that it means he is definitely going to be a backup. I think it does mean that he's going to have to compete for his job just like he did last season. Let's also keep in mind that Kevin Dotson is in the final year of his rookie contract. So if he keeps his job, then you have proven depth. You're not relying on someone like J.C. Hassenauer to be your depth on the interior. I like that. And if that depth is, is Kevin Dotson, so be it. I think that this means they're likely giving up on Kendrick Green. However... I don't think it means that Dotson's out. But if, if he doesn't win the job, then if he, let's say he loses the job, let me put it this way, he loses the job, then he's gone after next season and they have their guards still there. All right, Mike Smith asked another one. Who do you view as the best offensive tackle of the Kevin Colbert era? I am probably, hmm, this is tough. I think that for me, I am going to say, it's between Alejandro Villanueva and Marcus Gilbert, but you could I can't not throw in these diamonds in the rough. Like Villanueva was undrafted, great project. Like Kelvin Beecham, though. You know, I mean he, he might not have been the flashiest guy, but but what a story. Seventh round draft pick becomes a starter, gets a big free agent contract. You gotta throw him in the mix too. Eric Askew says on a level from one to ten. How frustrating is it when fans call the season over just one day after the free agency started? There is it's really interesting, and I, I honestly find that the Steelers fan base is like a social experiment on the public display. 
when I talk, when I see the, the Twitter, Steelers Twitter, I mean, they just go berserk. And I, I often said, I said this in the first half of the show, I'll say it again. I don't know what people expected. I didn't expect them to go out there and get these huge free agent names. The, even the Tremaine Edmonds deal, the only way I thought that that was a realistic option is if Tremaine Edmonds says, I want to play with my brother and you need to keep him and then I'll come and I may, maybe I'll take a little bit of a, a deal. I mean, like a hometown deal, a family discount. That's the only, only way. Okay, next, Aiden Blaine. Hey, Jeff, do you think the Steelers make another cornerback signing in free agency? Or do they stick with what they have and draft one in the early rounds? So Aiden Blaine says, do they make another signing in free? They might. Again, free agency is not just two days. It is a long period of time. So you have to understand it's a process. Let the Steelers go through it. Think about someone like Arthur Millette. He's a guy that was brought in really late. Everyone's like, who is this guy? He's contributed. Not saying he's great, but he's contributed. So keep your keep also keep your eyes out for someone like Levi Wallace as another option. Good question, though. Ryan Good says, no, you're not a draft guy. I am not. But can you get Fanta Skippy, that would be our own Jeffrey Benedict, to let me know if Nolan Smith the outside linebacker from Georgia would be able to, A, move to inside linebacker, and if he did, could he do what Ryan Chazier did when he was in Pittsburgh? You know what, Ryan? I have no clue what you're talking about in terms of this specific player, so I will see if Jeffrey Benedict can answer your question. All right. Najee Harris's charisma says, why haven't the Steelers cut Trubisky, Witherspoon, or Gunner O to gain significant cap space? I get you can't always land the big fish, but it seems like the Steelers don't even try to make splash moves. Kenny's on a rookie deal. Now's the time to pay up for a big-time player. So you don't cut Trubisky and then have no one, no other quarterback on the roster. And when Tyler Henneke is getting two years, $20 million, that's $10 million a year, you're you're saying, okay, an $8 million cap hit's not that big of a deal. So or if it's 10 my apologies, two more million. As for Gunnar Owen Witherspoon... They are, in my opinion, likely to be cut after the signings. If there's a player that sticks around, I think it's Witherspoon. Not saying he's going to be on the roster, but if he sticks around a little bit longer, I think it's it. I think it's him. I just don't see the Steelers making those splash moves. I don't think they want to make those splash moves. Let's keep that in mind. Good question, though. Corey Eckenross is Sutton left. The Steelers have, but the Steelers recovered and signed P two. Patrick Peterson. Have the Steelers pigeonholed themselves into taking a cornerback in the draft by letting Sutton get away? I don't think they have. Again, they can keep Akella Witherspoon if they want. They can also look for other free agent cornerbacks that might still be available. They have not pigeonholed themselves, in my opinion. Nathan Van Slyke said, hey, Jeff, looks like Omar Khan. The Omar Khan show is underway. Which move has been your favorite so far? I like both the Patrick Peterson and Nate Herbig signings, hoping that Nate signing boosts the running game substantially. Honestly, I love the DeMonte KZ signing. That's probably my most that that's probably the one I'm excited the most is the DeMonte KZ. If you ask me, that's I, I think I loved what that guy brought to the secondary. It was that hit. It was that hit on Chris Olave. I know it was illegal. It was flagged. It was the hit. I saw that. I was like, wow, we haven't seen that since Ryan Clark. That's a guy I want to keep around. I'm glad they did. Doc M said, it says, ask, is 
it even possible for the Steelers to acquire a free agent that truly moves the needle forward? Compare the expected production between what a free agent would bring against a drafted rookie. So the only the biggest difference, the expected production, is that these free agent players that are signed, regardless of position, they have some type of NFL resume. They have a resume. So in other words, they have tape. They've been a pro. They've been through the ringer. They know what it's like. You get a rookie, there is oftentimes a learning curve. There are some rookies, perfect example, George Pickens last season, who didn't seem to have much of a learning curve. Doesn't mean he's a perfect prospect. Doesn't mean that he is doesn't have stuff to improve upon, but he wasn't the game wasn't too big for him, if I can put it that way. So you do have those rookies, but still, even a George Pickens, as great as he was, and as talented as he is, he's still a guy that you just didn't know. You don't know. There's no way. So good question, Doc. Thank you very much for the question. All right, Heath Davis has several. El Jefe, we lost Sutton. Does this confirm the JPJ? Talking about Joey Porter Jr. in the first round, or do we seek out another veteran? I don't think they're going to close the door on bringing in another cornerback. I also wouldn't close the door on them potentially drafting two. Yeah, that's right. Maybe drafting two corners. Heath also asked, what are your thoughts on calling it the legal tampering period? If it is legal, then it isn't tampering. Why not call it something else? If I am correct, they the NFL does not call it the legal tampering period anymore. They used to. Then they realized how contradictory it was. Then they also realized how foolish it made them seem. So they stopped. I think they call it the negotiating period now. Something like that. I refuse to because, well, they used to call it that stupid name. So I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it. All right. He said, uh... Oh, boy. Uh, Haskins, QB1, and Southside Docker arm wrestling. Who wins? I don't know these individuals, so I don't know. I can't say. Last question from Heath. Final question. What position would you be okay with the Steelers taking in round one other than what we keep hearing outside line, offensive line, inside linebacker, and cornerback? I I honestly would be okay with them uh, taking a pass rusher. I'm serious. And this goes back to my conversation with Roy Countryman, which was two weeks ago on the Monday Morning Conversation, where he talked about if there was a position that most Steeler fans wouldn't really expect, but he could see the Steelers taking, and it's outside linebacker. So that's what I'll go with. Diego Fernandez says, in Jeffrey's last podcast, he talked about the constant changes at the cornerback room. Hilton, Hayden, Nelson, and now Sutton left aren't they aren't so impactful because Austin systems relies more on safeties than cornerbacks. So keeping KZ plus Edmonds would be more important and cheaper than Sutton. Sutton did get a pretty hefty contract. We need to keep that in mind. So if you get, I don't, we don't know the financial terms, at least not when this is being recorded of that DeMonte KZ two-year contract. We haven't seen those yet. And even that two-year mark, not really being reported by some of the people that are considered very reliable sources. So we're still waiting to hear some of those numbers. But yeah, it is potentially that Casey and Edmonds could not only be cheaper than Sutton, but also, as Jeffrey pointed out in his podcast, more important. And so that maybe they get Patrick Peterson, veteran, Levi Wallace. You add a rookie, maybe you sign another uh, lesser-known cornerback who can play a specific role, whether it's dime, nickel. And now all of a sudden your cornerback room's not too bad. Now you actually have a good mix of youth, 
and you have a good veteran presence, a very experienced secondary, especially at the safety position, it is possible. It is very possible. All right, last question from Lou Rita said, Hey, Jeff, what are your thoughts on letting uh, Patrick Peterson wear number seven? I think he deserves to wear it. It's not like he's a rookie. The man is a three-time All-Pro in my opinion, until the Steelers retire Ben Roethlisberger's number, I think it should be open season on who wants to wear it. What are your thoughts? I, I, I am a numbers guy. I really am when it comes to jersey numbers. I am a numbers guy, and I, I'm not a fan of that. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm not a fan of Patrick Peterson wearing number seven. I I just think that's you – know, if you're not going to – I'm trying to talk this through to make it clear – if they're never going to issue number 12 because of Terry Bradshaw, and he's a Hall of Famer, Ben's going to be a Hall of Famer, uh, I don't think you will issue seven either. And it's a situation where I know Patrick Peterson's great, and he's played a long time, and he's very established. But again, I'm a numbers guy. I don't like the thought of that. There's certain numbers you can't avoid. Like number 88, it's going to have to be in circulation. 82, the same. Seven does not. It does not need to be in circulation, at least not now, unless Ben Roethlisberger calls the Steelers and says, hey, I don't care. I don't want to see it, though. I just don't. Say what you want. I don't want to see it. All right, folks, that does it for me. Boy, this free agent frenzy is just getting started, and we're going to have a lot more to talk about on Friday. Hopefully, I'll be able to have Jeremy Jerome Betts on to talk about all these free agent signings, his thoughts, his takes, what they're going to do next. All of that is coming up on the Friday show, so make sure you check that out. Don't forget also to check out Jim Wexel, the Steel City Insider, today, Wednesday at noon. You won't regret it. It's a great show. I love it. It's become very popular on the network, so make sure you check that out along with all of our shows, morning, noon, and p.m. Check them out. That's it for me, folks. I will see you on Friday. In the meantime, you know how we finish out our shows here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of your week. Go Steelers.